We'll be reading the 148th Psalm. 148th Psalm. Psalm is a well-used psalm. I like this psalm and read it quite a bit. It's applicable, of course, as we enter into a Thanksgiving holiday week and, of course, the holiday season in general. I want to look at some things about uh, praise. This is just one of several songs of praise in the Psalms. Uh, Many of the Psalms were actually hymns that were incorporated into worship services. I'm not sure exactly what a worship service would look like on the Sabbath day uh, in a synagogue or in the temple, but we know that many of these psalms were actually uh, incorporated in these wor- or worship services or special festivals and feasts. Asaph was a song director, and a lot of times your Bible may have a, a note. Uh, this is a psalm of David directed to Asaph. And so you'll know that this is just a hymn book, uh, a hymn book of praise. So we're going to look at one of the hymns, one of the last uh, of the uh, psalms, Psalms 148. Verse 1, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heaven of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all the depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted, and his glory is above the earth and the heaven. He has exalted the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, of the children of Israel, a people near to him. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together, please. Father, thank you for this song of praise. Thank you for teaching us about praise, how to praise you. And Father, we ask as we look at this psalm and some things about praise and thanksgiving, you would teach us what we need to know to make this a part of our lives, not just on Sunday, not just on special days, but every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the opening verses of this, you have the scope of his praises, where is God's name praise. Praise the Lord from the heaven. Praise him in the heights. We have the highest of the heavens are mentioned here. We have the highest of the heavens in addition to the sun and the moon. And it says, praise him for he commanded and they were created. So we have the highest of the heavens created by the Lord and they are commanded to give praise to God. Also, we understand they fulfill that commandment very perfectly. And the 19th Psalm, verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. 
and the firmament declares his handiwork. The heavens declare the glory of God. And you remember it was to such an extent where David says, when I look up and see the stars and the heavens and all that you've created, then I say, what is man that you'd even think about him? Because it is so great. The heavens actually declare the glory of God. And it says from there, we have the lowest of the depths. Praise you the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all the depths. And I believe the King James says dragons. Well, a lot of modern people get all excited about that and say, the Bible's talking about fables. It talks about dragons. Well, you have to understand the language of the Old English. Dragon was not limited to the uh, lizard with wings and breathes fire and that sort of thing. That's not, that's not what it was limited to. The word dragon was also a word that was used actually in scientific terms, not just with the Knights of the Round Table. It was used to describe just any sea creature, any uh, creature that dwelt in the oceans. So we're going from the highest of the high down to the lowest of the low, as low as you can get in the ocean, the sea creatures and all the depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. I like that. Talking about all these things, the highest of the high to the lowest of the low, talking about nature fulfilling his word. Now, another English translation said this way, all of nature doing his bidding. Nature is obedient to God. When it comes to praise to such a point, to such a point where Jesus, you remember when he came into Jerusalem and the Pharisees side to side, they want to silence all this. You need to tell your people they need to quieten down. They're getting the whole town excited. He said, oh, I'm going to tell you, if they don't sing praises, the rocks will cry out. But God will get the praise. And we know that all of nature declares his handiwork. So you have the lowest of depths and all in between. Uh, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and all flying fowl. The whole world creates, uh, gives praise to God. Then it turns from the created world of nature to humanity, kings of the earth, the human world praises God, kings of the earth and all people, not limited to just Israel, not limited to the Hebrews, not limited to any one nation. All peoples, princes, and judges of the all earth, young men and maidens, old men and children. Never too old, never too young to give praise to God. God wants to hear from everybody. To such an extent, look at the last verse in the book of Psalms. Psalm 150, verse 6. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That pretty much includes all of us right now. Everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now I want us to look at the, the work of praise. What happens when God's name is praised? First of all, when we praise God and thanksgiving is part of our attitude, we have a sharper realization of his presence. We have a sharper realization that he's with us and who he is. A verse that comes to mind is Psalm 22, 3, when he says, 
Thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. That's where you live. Uh, the New King James says, you are enthroned on the praises of Israel. You inhabit the praises of your people. What does that tell us? That tells me, of course, we know God is everywhere. But God especially dwells in a special way in the praises of his people. See, God's presence is made aware to us when we praise him. But look at this. God's presence is made aware uh, to others when we praise him. Other people are made aware of his presence. Other people are made aware that God's real. When God's people are willing to praise God, then the whole world looks up and says there's something to that. They're talking about this God. They're, they're constantly praising and giving thanks to him and giving him credit for all things. It establishes an awareness of the presence of God like nothing else can. Now this morning we talked about the peace that is beyond our circumstances. In Philippians chapter 4, you remember verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that passes understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. Now there's some components in there, and you say, well, when you pray about things, the peace of God, of course, keeps your hearts and minds. But we don't want to miss the fact that it says, you pray with thanksgiving and the peace of God will guard and keep your heart and mind. In other words, your heart and mind is controlled by peace. Now, that's not always the case, is it? Uh, sometimes we get pretty agitated about things and worried and fretful about things. When we are truly thankful, peace beyond circumstances. There's an object lesson and illustration about this over in the book of Acts. And you know how it goes in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas thrown in prison. They had been whipped. They'd been thrown in the bottom part of the prison. Their feet were in stocks. They were in a very uncomfortable situation. Didn't know how this was going to turn out. And at midnight, in verse 25, it says, Paul and Silas were singing and praying to God. Now, the word praise is not there. But I know the singing that they did came from their hymn book, which was the Psalms. The songs they knew came from the Psalms they learned as children. And we know what are the Psalms filled with? Praises to God. So here they were with an attitude of gratitude and in the worst possible circumstances you could find yourself in physically and of course emotionally not knowing what was going to happen. They were praising God because their hearts were totally at peace. I'm going to turn that coin around. We look at the work of gratitude, but now let's look at the peril of an unthankful heart. Look in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Paul in this, in this particular chapter begins to write about this idea that the things that are created offer forth the praises and the evidence of the awareness of the, of the presence of God. And he speaks, of course, about the created things making God known to humanity. But then there's something else in here that we want to be sure and note in uh, Romans chapter 1, we look in verse 19. 
Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, God has shown it to them, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. Because although they, talking about humanity, knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish heart was darkened. Did you catch where it started? It started with people who weren't thankful and did not recognize God as being the source of their very breath and all things pertaining to their life. They became unthankful. And when they became unthankful, their foolish heart was darkened and the rest of the chapter is hideous. Where did it start? It started with a people who would not give God the praise. And one last thing. He specifically mentions the direction of our praise. And he he mentions it with one word here that that gets kind of clarified a little later on. As we go through the psalm, he talks about one thing. He has exalted the horn of his people the praise of all the saints, of the children of Israel, a people near to him. He, he caps this psalm off about praise to God and mentions he exalted the horn of his people. What, what's he talking about? The horn of his people. Well, a horn was the Old Testament metaphor of strength. He has exalted the strength of his people. Not their own strength, because an elderly priest clarifies all of it for us when he himself was praising God. And he clears it all up as the ultimate direction of our praise. The ultimate blessing that enables us to even give praise to God. And look in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We identify this elderly priest with the Christmas story. This elderly priest had been struck silent because he was a little bit doubtful when the angel came and said they were going to have a son. Call his name John. He was going to be the messenger. Now John is born, and they're about to christen John, and they're going to name him Zacharias. But he stayed true to God's word in verse 63. He asked for a writing tablet, Luke chapter 1. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loose, and he spoke, doing what? Praising God. Then fear came upon all who dwelt around them. All these sayings were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. He has visited and redeemed his people and raised up a horn of salvation for us 
and the house of his servant David as he spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets who have been since the world began. He raised up what? A horn. A horn of what? Salvation. That's the ultimate direction of our praise. The horn of salvation, Jesus Christ, has been spoken of by the holy prophets since the world began. And so we understand that in this passage of scripture, in the 148th Psalm, it's a thanksgiving psalm. But also it deals with the, the next holiday, which is the horn of salvation that was prophesied by the prophets, Jesus Christ. Now, I would say we have plenty to be thankful for. And we have plenty to praise his name for. Is there anything before we close?